Welcome to the Mac Learning webcast for May 2008. Today we're going to be discussing NoteShare and NoteShare Server and how it was implemented in one of the world's largest one-to-one -one education projects in the world, the Maine Learning Technology Initiative. Today in the studio, we have with us the president and co-founder of Aquamine Software, Scott Love. And on the phone joining us, we have Douglas Snow, the senior project specialist with Apple, and Jeff Mao, the coordinator of educational technology for the Maine Department of Education. Scott, would you like to start us off? Sure. Also, uh, Doug, do you want to say a couple of quick introductions here? Go ahead, Scott. Okay. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for uh, joining our webcast this morning or wherever you are on the planet. And uh, first of all, we just want to talk about NoteShare, which uh, in 2006 was adopted by the state of Maine. It was uh, part of the uh, image that went out to all the middle schools. And what we're going to show you today is talk a little bit about uh, that implementation, which Jeff Mao will cover. And also, we want to talk a little bit more about the uh, benefits of bringing collaboration into the classroom uh, with the kind of technology that NoteShare delivers. Um, to review, NoteShare itself is a desktop productivity application, and it creates a very rich, uh, media-rich, multi-page notebook format. And this is ideal because what we've discovered with students is that we're building a foundation for organizing their daily academic life. And that's the uh, basis behind NoteShare. The next level really is to take NoteShare documents or notebooks to the collaboration level in the classroom. And we'll talk about that as well. So some of the features you'll see in NoteShare is built-in P2P, peer-to-peer uh, -peer sharing. And this is important because as we know with Apple, Bonjour is transparent. And in a classroom, this is fantastic because there's no worry about setting up and sharing or logging into a server. It's all seamless, it just happens. For the teacher, it's very magical. For the student, it's a joy. On the 2.0 integration, which we like to talk about as well, what you're gonna find in NoteShare is that we've also integrated all the best of the web. So web browsing, web searching is built in, but also web publishing. And then in NoteShare with the latest version, 1.7, we've added RSS feed support. So that means as a teacher and for students, we can share notebooks and also monitor those notebooks as they're changing just through our browsers. And this is a really powerful tool. So we'll see this today in action as well. Now, system requirements, you'd think we call it uh, NoteShare and you'd think it'd take a lot of hardware and a lot of software. But in fact, NoteShare today runs on a basic Tiger or Leopard installation. Uh, from a tech spec side, for those of you that are wondering what hardware do you need, it's a universal app, runs everywhere. Um, so if you've got, you know, Intel or you've got PowerPC, you're fine. It's Bonjour Aware, as I mentioned before, so it just works in your one-to-one -one program. Just load it up, turn on your wireless, and you're ready to go. Java 5 integration for interactive applets. For those teachers that are working on content, from the web can bring it directly into the notebook and work with it directly with Java. As far as the port goes, this is just a minor tech, but this is an approved port for sharing. So you can know it's secure, it's encrypted, it's confidential. So this is a really important aspect of the technology. So to give you a flavor for what students can do with the product, we're gonna see a brief movie here. And let's see how NoteShare works in action. 
So this is the organized student video. This is also available on our website if you want to watch it again after the webcast. Today's students have more homework, more activities and projects, and higher expectations placed on them than ever before. And juggling all these demands requires learning some basic skills early on that can help determine success in high school and college and beyond. But for some kids, just finding something or remembering all your assignments can be tough, especially when your world looks like this. With no chair, students can instead keep all their classes and projects in one electronic notebook on their laptop. It's like an e-portfolio where you can organize and find anything, track assignments and other obligations, and even study, perform research, and get your work done. Let's take a look at just some of what you can do. A NoteShare notebook has sections containing pages, just like a regular three-ring binder. On the notebook's contents page, you can add a new section just by typing and create pages in this section in just the same way, adding as many sections and pages as you want. You can move your sections and pages around, like you can in a regular binder, but it's a lot easier in your digital notebook. Of course, you can take notes in your notebook, for example, during English class, organizing them in an outline where you can indent entries beneath other entries down to as many levels as you want. To focus on something, collapse or expand your outline at any level. You can also drag entries around, indenting them to any level. It all works pretty much as you'd expect, editing and moving things around, and even more so than with a text editor. Keep anything and everything in your notebook, like this document with tomorrow's reading, which you can later open directly from the outline. Add pictures or movies to your outline, which then appear in full, and you can even record a voice memo, say to quickly copy an assignment from the board, Wait, don't erase that. Write 500 words. Which you can later play back from your outline. Wait, don't erase that. Add as much as you want to your notebook for all your classes and projects. It won't make your backpack any heavier, and you can instantly get to any section or any page from anywhere in the notebook. Unlike a regular binder, a NoteShare notebook has tools for helping you find things, like a to-do list for tracking your assignments. Outline entries you make here have a checkbox, which you check off as you complete each task. Display the priority column to mark tasks as high, medium, or low priority. From now on, each day you open your notebook, 
A new to-do page is automatically created for that day, containing only your uncompleted tasks, which are now sorted by priority. You can also find things in your notebook using categories. For example, let's tag each entry listing the project deadline with the deadlines category. Then list all your deadlines, which you can do in a number of ways, but one way is by looking them up in the index. Here you can look up text, entries with email addresses or file attachments, and practically anything else. But for now, let's go to Categories to see all your deadlines where you can click any one to see its details. Now, your NoChair notebook can even help you study and organize ideas. For example, let's flag entries in your class notes that you think might be on an upcoming test. Then use the Highlight and Summarize tool to highlight every flagged entry, which you can now page through to study each key fact. Keep your vocabulary list in your notebook and use the Sort tool to instantly alphabetize words in the list. Even insert a text annotation while you're studying, say to jot down an idea for a term paper you need to write. Option point at the annotations link to see the idea in a pop-up, or click it to go to a page where you can review all your annotations, clicking each one to see its context. To research a term paper, use the web research tool to look for information relative to your thesis. You can do this by searching any of several popular search sites. Results appear in a web browser inside your outline, where you can browse the internet, click links, and even copy content to your outline. To organize research gathered from different sources, you can set up a NoteShare clipping service, which will then be available from any application. This automatically clips, or copies, whatever you want to save from wherever you happen to find it, conveniently storing the clippings all on the same page. When you're finally done gathering notes and research, you can flesh out your outline and begin writing your paper, all within your notebook. To write the section on Puck, for example, let's use the Highlight and Summarize tool again, but this time to copy all relevant outline entries to a single summary page. Now it's easy to draw from your research to begin writing your own thesis. When you're done, you can move the page into your paper's final draft, then check your spelling and grammar, get a quick word count, and of course print your paper when you're ready to turn it in.
Okay. So it's my pleasure now to introduce you to Jeff Mao. And Jeff will tell you a little bit about how Maine's integrated their one-to-one -one program. Okay. Thanks, Scott. As uh, they said before, my name is Jeff Mao. I'm the coordinator of educational technology here at the Department of Ed in Maine. And I just wanted to go over a couple things about the program to, to make sure people had a little bit of context about uh, what it is that we're doing and um, kind of the, the size and scale of, of the program so that you can get a sense of how NoteShare is, is being used within that context. Um, so if we're looking at uh, the slide here, we've got really the five guiding principles. This really came out of uh, a lot of work that was done in the very early 2000s looking at um, this opportunity to do something very different in our educational system here in Maine. And what it ultimately amounted to was this notion that we needed to do something that was going to affect the system in a significant way, that it wasn't going to be an incremental little step. And that really ultimately came down to the conclusion of a one-to-one -one laptop program. Uh, and the way in which we were going to do that had to really follow these, these significant guiding principles, one of which was equity. And, and I think in public education, we often talk about equity in different ways, and it, it, it often means lots of different things. You know, for some, equity means that a, uh, a wealthy school district doesn't receive as much aid as a, um, as a poor school district. Or that, uh, you know, so there's, there's all these formulas, cost formulas, cost sharing, all these things. Equity, in, as far as our program, meant that every single student received the exact same service, and that service was that they received this device, this laptop computer that had uh, a variety of software programs on it, and then along with it, all kinds of supports that the student may not really recognize come along with the program. They probably most visually notice that they have this laptop in their hands. But behind that, we're sitting, you know, significant amount of professional development, which we knew was really linked then, if you look at these bullet points, to this notion of both integration with our state standards and sustainability. So sustainability can be, on one level, um, money, you know, can we keep paying for this program? But really, from our perspective, the notion is if the program is going to be rich and viable and we support our teachers, so our teachers understand how to, how to leverage this resource, that creates the sustainability. Um, this, this can't be something where it, it absolutely relies on a person in a building. It's that every teacher needs to uh, be able to move forward with this at their own pace and, uh, and do it in meaningful ways, and obviously that's all connected back to our state standards. Um, and then one of the other long-term guiding goals of this was this notion of economic development, uh, being able to have a program which could revolutionize or transform or build the next workforce for the state of Maine. Uh, Maine, like many states, has, uh, you know, seen its challenges as the 21st century has come upon us and, um, you know, workforces are shifting around the globe, different types of jobs are coming in and out of various communities. And so Maine is trying to keep pace and stay ahead of that, uh, to, to make sure that it, it is an economically viable place to live um, in the 21st century. So if we look at the next slide, to give you a little sense of just kind of the scale of what this really means, what it meant was um, we've deployed devices to every student in all of our public middle schools. Currently that's 233 of them. And this year we've added every single educator at the high school level. So we now have every educator at grades 7 through 12 as well as the administrators and every student at grades 7 and 8. And we're still working to expand that further to include all the high school students. Um, obviously in, in certain times like now the budgets are a little tighter so we haven't quite reached the high school students but it's still in the work, it's still in the plans. But this gives you a little sense of the scale. Maine is relatively speaking a smaller state as far as our population. But it is a very significant program, I think, as we said at the beginning. Um, this is really the largest one-to-one -one 
deployment on the planet. Um, so we've got a little over 50,000 computers deployed today to uh, a whole lot of kids. Um, that number there is really the number of kids who have seen laptops over the past six years. In, in current day, there's about 32 to 33,000 kids who have these devices and about 11,000 educators. That's kind of the scale of the program, just to get a sense of, you know, how big is this really? And this covers a very large geography. If you're not, not familiar with the state of Maine, it, it actually covers a lot more space than one would think. I live in the relative southern parts of the state, and I can drive to New York City, or I can drive to most of the way to the north of the state, but I won't even get all the way there in the same amount of time. So it really is a very big place. Uh, so if we move on to the next slide, and we really start talking about, so what are we doing with note share within this large deployment. Obviously, these devices have a lot of different software on them. Um, I think at one time we counted up, it was 22 applications above and beyond the traditional Apple Macintosh, you know, commercial load of software. Um, but note share really has become kind of the key application that, that a lot of the various work that goes on from both the administration of the program right down to the student-level learning uh, Notion has really become the, one of the central hubs of all of that work. So, you know, from the departmental standpoint, we use this tool all the time in order to help us manage the program, and that's managing all of these different schools and what's going on in these schools. And particularly, our, probably our most significant uh, management process is managing our professional development events and trying to keep track of where schools are at and uh, what services we can provide to those schools, where are, where are our trainers going to be, what curriculum are they going to be um, doing with, with teachers? You know, how do we present these workshops? What's it going to cover? Uh, and so we use this, these tools to do this. And one of the nice things, and, and we haven't really gotten to the specifics of, specifics of how this system shares, but our staff is constantly all over the place. <clears throat> Rarely are we all in the same room together. It's kind of like a harmonic convergence if it ever happens. And so NoShare allows us to build and, and coordinate uh, activities and particularly building resources in an electronic document without having to email it around, which we, we've probably all done. Everyone's probably emailed a Word document to someone and asked for, you know, drafts. And you get back 12 different versions and then somebody is stuck with this problem of having to turn those into one singular draft again. And just turning around one round of drafts can take a week. Uh, this allows us to do it instantly because we're working on the exact same document. And uh, our trainers sometimes will just simply literally share this right off of their own laptop sitting in a hotel room on a broadband connection to another trainer who's sitting at home on their broadband connection. Uh, and it doesn't really matter. We don't necessarily have to have a server in the middle. They can just go peer-to-peer -peer right to each other. Uh, and they do this, you know, all the time. And so it makes it for a much simpler um, deployment for us. We've got people all over the place. So we're really looking at building out uh, materials for a professional development crew. We also do the same kinds of work with our technical support issues because we do have to uh, support these things technically. You know, we have a whole crew of technical support specialists in every school uh, making sure that the equipment is working and, and being able to provide them with resources on how it is that these devices are configured, uh, how to get service, those kinds of things. And then, of course, the planning and, and one of the most critical parts is the feedback. So we're able to use this, um, these tools for our trainers to be able to put feedback into a central place so that we can then look at, you know, how did that training session go? Did it work? You know, if, if we push out a new... Uh, a new workshop with a new piece of curriculum in there that focuses around, you know, say, uh, differentiated instruction. You know, how did it go? Did it work well? Uh, and, and um, you know, that obviously that part of the, the process is always very important. Uh, just like in the normal learning process, you've got to have some time for reflection and time to make mid-course corrections. 
if we move on to the next slide, um, you know, so talking about the professional development, and, and this is really where this tool has, for us at the department level, become very critical. But now it's gotten to the point where uh, we're doing more and more work sessions with schools where the school is, is intimately involved in the professional development process. So it isn't just that we send trainers who, as our trainers like to say, you know, parachute in, do a session, and then leave, uh, because we know in the long run that's not a sustainable model. And so what we've really developed over the years has been to try and build up the capacity at the local level so that their local experts or lead teachers, master teachers, can start to help move that work forward in their own schools. And so as we develop a lot of these resources, uh, we may have a notebook sitting on a server that both our folks as well as their local school uh, personnel are contributing to to build out a notebook that will then eventually be delivered to the faculty during a, a workshop on, you know, any number of particular topics. Um, and it's become more and more regular for those folks to do that and, uh, you know, and to the point now where most schools are now installing their own servers because, once they see it used in that capacity just for us to kind of plan an event, they start to immediately see, well, this was great for us, but this would be even better with my kids. Right? I, I can immediately think of ways that, you know, we could do things like this with my kids. And, uh, and so that's really kind of helped drive that process forward. So if we look at this, this next slide, these are just a couple quick little screenshots just to give you a little sense of, uh, you know, what some of these things could look like. There's obviously any number of things. I think what, what has been really nice about this product for us has been that, um, as I said, kind of from the highest levels of administration overseeing a project from kind of the 50,000-foot level all the way down to the classroom level, uh, the tool has become extremely useful to everyone, and it's very approachable. So you can see here, you know, the interface, it's just that kind of normal spiral notebook look. And if you're working with a group of teachers and you've got some, and, and you you'll get this in every school building anywhere in the world, you're going to have some teachers who immediately look at something hear 30 seconds of a description and have 200 ideas. And then you have others who look at a computer and their first reaction is, I'm not so sure I want to use that because I'm not sure how that's going to incorporate well in my classroom and, you know, there's always that little bit of fear. The nice thing is that right away the graphics kind of give you this familiarity, but then if you can just simply approach this as, well, think of it as a notebook. You know, what do you, what do, you do with kids now with their notebooks? You know, you ask them to maybe have a couple tabs along the side and, and a couple different sections, and you keep notes in one, and maybe they do their homework in another. And you could use the tool at the most simplistic level like that, and you can work with teachers on that, but then you can very quickly start scaling up and kind of adding things on top and saying, oh, and by the way, you know, I know you want your kids looking for things on the web, and, well, you don't need to escape out of this and go to another program to go to the web. You can do it right here. Um, you know, you can see that picture there is a little screenshot there. There's a website that was talking about when Pluto stopped being a planet, right? Uh, but again, this notion that it, it really is kind of the digital notebook that you would expect a digital no notebook to be. Um, but anyway, I think we should probably keep moving along. Um, I just wanted a couple of things um, that I wanted to mention. When, when the state of Maine came to Apple, we really were asked to do a number of things. One of them was to provide rich creativity type tools as, long, as well as productivity tools. And one of the other requests was to really provide some tools for organization, and that's where we really started to look at uh, what was then note-taker. The whole idea was that we could uh, provide tools for organization, both uh, for students and for staff, and that out of this, hopefully, they would gain instructional minutes. And this is an important feature. Uh, the other thing that we really looked at was the ways in which we could engage with a supportive developer like Aquamines and that the hope was to take it to the next level. That's really where the, the iteration of, 
what's now NoteShare has come from so that we could do things actually beyond the MLTI and, and beyond the classroom when necessary. As Jeff mentioned, there's, uh, there's been a rollover effect or a spillover effect where we've been doing things from a professional development standpoint uh, to where we're now seeing schools emulating that exact process, whether it's for um, school approval processes, internal meetings, um, keeping electronic portfolios for their students, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we've seen this all the way up to the university level where now the University of Maine requires for all of their exiting education students uh, a note share a portfolio. So I think, Scott, what we should do now is let's move on and show the actual sharing movie. Next slide, please. A NoteShare notebook is an ideal tool for managing practically any type of project. From start to finish, you can organize daily notes or write an entire manuscript. Do your web research in a notebook and easily organize key bookmarks. Compile clippings you want to keep track of from emails, the web, or any other application. And organize all your project-related documents and email attachments, all in one place where you can quickly find anything you want whenever you need it. Now with NoteShare, organizing everything in a notebook works just as well for a work group or team. This is because you can share the notebook with other people who can then view and add to it from their own computer. They can work in the notebook all at the same time or separately, whenever it fits their schedule. You're all in the same notebook that always has everyone's latest changes, so you don't have to email around or synchronize different copies of the notebook. People can access the notebook over a local network at your office or school, or from anywhere around the globe over the internet. The notebook can be a central hub for sharing information. Groups can collaborate across any distance adding to the notebook whenever they want, for example, to share lab results or build a corporate slideshow. You can also give a live presentation or lecture from a notebook that even Windows and Linux users can watch using the free notebook viewer, NoteShare Express. Now, after possibly a few quick changes to your computer's system preferences or network, you can begin sharing any notebook. The notebook can reside on your computer where you share it directly with people at other computers. You don't need a separate server unless you want one, nor do you need the extra cash to pay for it. Easy to use password encryption ensures privacy and security and requires no other administration. Instead, sharing notebooks is fast, easy, and affordable, and you're always in control. To begin sharing a notebook, go to the sharing menu and choose Share Notebook. Now create a NoteShare space that will contain the notebook and optionally other notebooks you might share. Click Private and give the space a password. 
people will need this password to access the space and open the notebook. Click Share and the notebook is now available for other people to open. There aren't any remote viewers yet, but the pen is available for editing. To point people to the notebook, choose the Email Page Mark tool. This sticks a page mark to the notebook in a new mail window, where you can quickly send it to your team and also give everyone the password for accessing the notebook. Recipients can get to the notebook by following the page mark. After that, they have to enter the password you gave them to open the notebook. Or, you can open any shared notebook from the sharing menu where you also have to type a password to unlock a private space and see the notebooks in it. So when working together in a shared notebook, one person might drag and drop some lab results onto one page and keep working there, while someone else goes to another page, grabs the pen, and begins doing their own editing. For example, to work on another part of a group presentation. In a shared notebook, whoever has the pen for a given page is currently the editor of that page. When he relinquishes the pen for the page, someone else can come along, grab the pen, and become editor to make their own contribution, say by adding a voice memo. We may be getting more results. I'll keep you posted. That everyone else can immediately listen to. We may be getting more results. To give a live presentation from a notebook, tell people when to show up, then open the sharing monitor to see who's online. For each shared notebook you've opened, you can see who's viewing it, what page they're on, and whether they're editing. Now, if you're doing the presentation, say, during a phone conference, you might want to control-click here and choose Send Message to Viewers to send everyone the dial-in number for the conference. Click Send, and your message immediately pops up on each viewer's desktop. When everyone is ready, click here to give yourself, the owner of the notebook, page-turning control. This automatically flips everyone to your current page, where you can begin the presentation. As you turn pages in the notebook, their pages turn, too. With page-turning control, you can scroll everyone's view, type something in the notebook, and they'll see your typing, and even click live links in a web browser entry to lead people through the internet. To let someone else drive for a while, go back to the sharing monitor and click in this column to hand over page turning control to another viewer. Okay, so we've seen a quick demonstration of sharing and um, one of the requirements that we've learned from Maine is also that once sharing and collaboration become almost transparent and seamless, um, you want more of it. And one of the requirements that came back from Maine was um, how do we share all the time? 
And NodeShare Server addresses that requirement. Basically, we provide um, a solution that instead of having to build up a rack full of servers, you can actually run uh, NodeShare Server on a very lightweight, small system, Tiger or Leopard. You don't need special server uh, hardware or software. Now, what it does for you is it allows you to manage those notebooks. So as Doug and Jeff had mentioned, in Maine, the high schools and the middle schools are beginning to provision their own servers directly on campus. And this allows the teachers to actually leave notebooks available for access 24-7. And so we see the benefit immediately of allowing people to work outside classroom time. So the whole expression of learning takes place anytime, anywhere really becomes possible when you have a server in place. Uh, some of the tech specs that are worth mentioning here is that the notebook um, in NoteShare server will support up to at least 36 simultaneous or concurrent users working on the same notebook. Um, that doesn't preclude other users working on their notebooks at the same time. But we're talking strictly from the standpoint of supporting one particular classroom notebook. Um, we also have added a browser-based administrator. So uh, we're also you know, aware that a lot of the schools will have a mixed environment and uh, you won't always have all the software you need in front of you. So the browser provides administrators and teachers a very convenient, easy way to access the server. Now, again, one point to make out is that if you're adding NoteShare server, it certainly um, requires that you have NoteShare. And in the future here, NoteTaker users will also be able to access NoteShare server as well. Uh, the same Web2 integration. So as you can imagine, when a notebook is changing, you want to be able to access it from maybe a phone, like an iPhone. You want to look at it through your Safari browser. We support that. And to monitor the change in the notebook, again, we provide RSS feed support. And here's just a brief overview of the uh, system requirements. Uh, one thing that comes up, some of you that have XServe installations on your campuses, uh, we intend to support a headless version of NoteShare Server as well. And we've just leave some links up here for you to take a look at. Um, again, if you have some questions or you want to reach us later, uh, that information is available as well. And for those of you that want the specifics, is there anything you want to add here, Jeff? Um. I think we're we're pretty good. I mean, without getting into you know over too deep a detail there, but um, I think we should we can just go ahead and move on to questions. You know, you said there's some links there. Um, obviously, I'm very easy to find as long as you can spell my name. You can Google me. There aren't any other Jeff Maus on the planet who have any significant web presence, so I'm easy to find. So, and the, um, just to mention on those state links that have been provided for the MLTI, there's numerous. Um, additional links on those sites that take you to both professional development resources as well as documentation around the project itself. So before we move to the uh, Q&A part, uh, d do we want to be so bold to do a live demonstration here, Jeff and uh, Doug? Sure, let's go. Okay, sure. so let me just uh, hide our slides here. We're going to bring up NoteShare, and hopefully all of you out in webcast land can see that I have uh, NoteShare up running. Um, just so you know, this is actually 
which I think is really impressive. This notebook's being managed and hosted from a little Mac Mini surrounded by about eight floors of huge giant rack full of, you know, uh, systems up in San Francisco. And so no chair servers running nonstop. It's logged in and it's available 24-7. And this notebook is out there right now. So you can think of it as sort of notebook sharing in the cloud. And on the right, you'll see a sharing monitor window. And we see that Doug Snow and Jeff Mao have joined us. And I have my uh, MacBook with me. And uh, so we have a little monitor that tells us when users come online. So at this point, Doug has the pin. And um, we're going to have Doug, why don't you move over to uh, page three? And um, let's, uh, because I have the webcast set on web, uh, page three, go ahead and uh, move over to page three. And what we'll see here is when uh, Doug is going to take the pen, he's going to add something to that page. We're going to see a highlight. And I'm just going to change this here so we see. There we go. You notice on the left-hand side of the notebook what I have showing here are some attribute columns so that I can actually tell when someone's entering or adding something to the notebook. And uh, if we'd like, Jeff, do you want to add a uh, voice memo to the notebook? All right. Go up to the Tools menu and grab the... So again, Jeff and Doug are working from their laptops in Maine. I'm here in the studios at Cupertino. And no chair servers running up in San Francisco. And there's no smoke and mirrors yet. And there's Jeff. And what I'll do here is I'll play the, uh, the voice memo. So here's my voice memo. I'm recording this, but we're on mute, so you can't really hear me. Beautiful. Okay, so here's my voice memo. I'm recording this, but we're on mute, so you can't really hear me. Okay. Now, as we mentioned in the video, you also have the opportunity to work um, on your own page, so you don't have to share the pen. You can actually be working as a team in different parts of the notebook concurrently. It's only when you're on the page level that the pen is controlled by one editor at a time. So again, you can quickly see how people can work synchronously, they can work asynchronously, but what we've seen and what Jeff and Doug have pioneered in Maine is that you begin to see the ability of sharing collaboration going beyond just the classroom, but also in delivering information 24-7, uh, which in fact reinforces a lot of the resource, especially if you're trying to uh, share resources for a project. Anything you want to add, guys? Well, I think that there's certainly a lot more that could be shown. It's just difficult time-wise to go into all the details about how you might incorporate things like uh, embedded websites. Maybe Jeff could drop one of those in while we're working here. Also, in Maine, we have uh, been able to work closely with the National Library of Virtual Manipulatives so that all of those mathematics-related applets are literally, uh, they reside on the devices and they can be incorporated into any form of notebook uh, that teachers may want to create around a variety of mathematics topics. The beauty of that is that they can then literally uh, not only use the applet as it may have been built on its original web page, but they can design problem sets around uh, those applets as well. We're starting to see this spill over into um, 
into science, particularly in the physics area. The other piece that's really important to note is that there's a number of scripts that are uh, built in as part of NoteShare, and they enable a number of things. Uh, the movie alluded to the fact that we can do some level of research through scripting. And very simply, uh, in a notebook, if we were to pull down one of those search scripts, uh, we could or describe some content that we want to search for, and it will actually begin to populate the notebook uh, with resources that it's found across four different high-quality uh, search sites. And this is one of those pieces that we talked about where teachers are actually beginning to gain instructional minutes as a result of being able to gather resources very quickly, even some of these web-based resources. Likewise, they're able to uh, gather resources, structure resources in a very organized way, and then move those out to students either through the shared notebook or working collaboratively with a colleague. They might build the notebook in the, in the first place, either uh, sharing directly or working off of the NoteShare server. And once that notebook is complete, they can kind of do what we call tear it off and send it to their students so that the students now have it locally to work in. An additional feature that uh, folks should understand is that uh, there's the whole notion of folioing, whereas in the traditional days of a spiral notebook, uh, oftentimes students would tear out pages and it was difficult to put them back in. really nice thing about NoteShare is that uh, on, a, on a section or on a page, I can literally pull off or folio that section or page and I can drag it into another notebook or just send that entire section to a teacher or to a, a student. Um, and it offers yet another way to manage uh, large quantities of data, but in a very organized fashion. Another piece, Scott, that we haven't mentioned is the whole notion of the indexing that goes on behind the scenes and how uh, inside of NoteShare, everything that's placed into that uh, becomes indexed. And for future reference or for review purposes, or if a teacher wants to just get in and look at, you know, where might a student have been and wh what might have been the time frame for students creating items, Within the notebook, uh, the index is a, is a great feature for that. Lastly, on this, uh, you know, again, with Maine, we were really looking for applications that, number one, helped with organization, hopefully helped gain instructional minutes, and really offered um, teachers, especially, the ability to gather resources, organize resources, prepare things from an instructional standpoint, and not have to jump through five or six applications. Uh, the piece that we're talking about specifically with NoteShare is the fact that there's a full-fledged presentation mode that's associated with this that even is unique compared to some other presentation tools that are out there in that if I have things like embedded resources or applets, they're completely accessible in the presentation mode, and I don't have to jump in and out of the software in order to do that. I can work through a web page um, or, again, manipulate an applet right while I'm live in that presentation mode. We might here, Doug, just take a quick um, to show off the homework script. So I'm going to grab the pen here in the studio, and I'm going to show that, uh, you know, one of the things that's important to understand about our software is that the Apple platform provides a tremendous amount of built-in technology, and we leverage that um, extensively throughout the software, especially with respect to scripting. So here we have a list of scripts that are NoteShare, NoteTaker specific. And when you get a copy of the software, these scripts come for free. And one of the most popular set of scripts are the web research agents, which allow you to essentially send out a robot to search various sites 
bring back the information and programmatically build the notebook content for you. So in this example, one that was inspired by Doug, is the homework assistant. And the homework assistant is really, again, um, a way in which a student can quickly start to organize for a web quest or for a paper. And it's not just limited to students, obviously. In this case, the homework assistant was um, limited to really specific, you know, education student-specific websites and also for other concerns, make sure we weren't getting erroneous results. So we might uh, type in here, let's say, Mark Twain. Let's see what we get. And so this ought to go out and uh, build a notebook for us. And it'll search the Library of Congress. It's going to search uh, answers.com, which is a popular site. And we'll see what's happening on the screen here is that this notebook's being programmatically built for us. And as Doug said, this can be done in the background. People can tear things off, share it, collaborate. But when you think about the research process, especially as gathering for students, uh, what we've done is sort of eliminated all of this you know, busy work where you're thumbing through pages. Well, what this does for you is quickly build you some citations, some information that you can begin to browse quickly. And as I just page through the notebook, I see that I've got a web page entry here and I can go and then pick and choose what I need to view. So again, this was something that Doug had talked about. It is very important to give the students the ability to do the research and then gather it into the notebook programmatically. So Doug or Jeff, are there any last things we want to cover before we take some questions? I think we can probably just go ahead and take some questions if they're out there. Okay. So it looks like we've got uh, at least one question right now. Um, just so you guys know, if you're viewing the webcast, if you do have any questions that you'd like the NoteShare team here to answer, you can go ahead and type those in the bottom of your viewer, and uh, we can answer those for you. Um, the first one is, uh, once a notebook has been created, how easy is it to share that file with different applications, such as Word and Pages? So this is Scott. I'll, I'll answer that. I'm not sure I understand the question entirely, but to move information in and out in a notebook, um, the whole idea behind having a notebook is it's really a compound document, which means that you can aggregate your file and information from other applications. So the sharing is not directly applicable to other applications. You're sharing within the context of NoteShare. Um, but again, let, talking about collecting your resources, this is the beauty, again, that you can uh, drag and drop Word files, Excel, uh, Excel files, uh, PDFs, bring those into your notebook, and then push those back out. So for example, if you had a worksheet or you had a document, Pages or Word, you could, you could actually put that in the notebook as an attachment. And rather than mail it around for other people, they could download it from that notebook that they're viewing. Now, I'm not sure if that answers the, uh, the viewer's question, but uh, Doug or Jeff, you want to add anything? One of, this is Jeff. One of the other things I think we have heard similar style questions, and, and often it's driven at uh, the notion of, you know, if I've used this notebook, uh, maybe with a group of kids, we're working together trying to write a report or something, and they're, and they're all doing some group editing on some text, and then there's this notion that, well, if we're going to, the final delivery needs to be done in Word 
because the district has decided that Word is the standard uh, word processing software. Um, a couple things to note there. One is that within NoteShare, um, the page itself is a fully-fledged word processor. So if, if, you, if you feel the need to be able to not only type text, but to apply all those basic styles that you would normally do in a normal word processor, font size, style, alignment, all that stuff, you can do that within the context of NoteShare, and you don't necessarily need to jump out into Word. Um, and we have had, I think, you know, one of the reasons I think a lot of folks will will uh, really focus on things like, well, we need to have this in Word because that's what's ubiquitous in our district. Uh, for us, for better or for worse, um, NoteShare is ubiquitous in Maine because every student has it, every teacher has it. So they don't have to worry about, well, I did it in NoteShare, so I have to give it to my teacher, so I now have to translate it. I've got to put in something else. But I think the other important thing is, as Scott said, um, it's, it's more than just text. Uh, it is a container for a lot of other things. I think for some people, you know, and I've, I, I must admit, I'm more new to this for myself personally because I've been so wedded to the Finder for so many years and using it to manage my stuff. But it's gotten to a point where I, I'm losing control of the Finder and that I have too many files and the, the structure is not is something you have to create on your own, whereas NoteShare provides to me an imposed structure that is really easy, tab sections, and I can start throwing files in, and I've started doing this now, throwing files into these sections so I can keep track of them. It's a, lot, a whole lot easier, and I think more and more kids are doing the exact same thing. They're using the notebook just like they used to do in the traditional world where they had a three-ring binder with pocket folders. That was their one organizational structure they carried around in their backpack, and everything went into it. <laughs> And now people are starting to use NoteShare in the same way. So, you know, I, I think there is some sense that, uh, you know, people want to be able to share back into or move content from NoteShare back into pages or the other way around. Uh, if we're talking about text, you know, text is text. You can always copy and paste it. Uh, I think the real magic there is that for anyone who's ever tried to do some sort of a group document, whether it was, uh, you know, something within the educational realm or it was literally um, – working on a contract, and you needed someone from finance, someone from legal, and someone from the project team to all look at a document, uh, slinging that Word file around is a real pain because it, it uh, you know, you get all those separate drafts that take on different, uh, you know, they go down different directions. And you have to try and bring them all back together into one. Um, and you don't have to do that with NoteShare. So. I'll, I'll Scott, just, I think one of the other yeah, things, uh, this is Doug, that we should mention is that in Maine we've really – seen and understand the difference between text editing, word processing, and uh, moving into desktop publishing and even page layout, where schools are becoming much more savvy about the time that it takes when students begin with the process of, say, page layout, when really what they need to do is begin with the process of text editing. And our writing research certainly shows that, that NoteShare certainly supports all of the text editing capability, even inside of a very organized uh, scenario. What we're seeing more of is that people are um, either bringing information from a pages document or, more importantly, a Word document into uh, NoteShare to, to continue the, the text editing, or they're working collaboratively uh, on the text that will then be taken out and, and built into a, a, you know, a nicely laid out uh, pages document. Very good point. Excellent. Okay, next question. Okay, we've got another question from Mike in Iowa who is curious to know if there's professional development available to help the staff learn how to take advantage of the features of Mindshare. Okay, well, uh, Doug can talk about that, but I can also mention that uh, that's an excellent question because Apple itself actually provides a workshop dedicated to using NoteTaker and NoteShare. And uh, Doug, maybe you can talk to how they contact Apple about the, the PD. 
Well, they should be able to uh, either go to our website uh, and find out more information on the on PD in general, or their local education rep should be able to actually their Apple rep should be able to uh, tell them more about the course structure and everything else. But we do in fact offer a multi-day uh, note taker slash note share course, uh, depending upon which version of the software you own. Mentioned that uh, Doug, I, I believe you were uh, one of the co-authors of that uh, particular workshop based on your uh, best practices in Maine. And we've had a number of people, uh, the APD, Apple Professional Development staff in general, has used uh, NoteShare extensively over the years, quite familiar with it, and used it as a, you know, the, kind of a back end to their processes of, of building resources and materials. Very good. Great. And uh, Jim from Michigan is curious to know if the program respect respects Apple's network preferences like proxy servers and pack files? Well, I'm not sure I understand the question um, with respect to respect. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure, uh, again, if the uh, question refers to uh, blocking of packets. But uh, again, what we have is an authorized port 8474 and all of our messaging goes through that port. So for an IT department to set up their firewall, what they would do is basically port map to port 8474. It can, it can also be changed as well based on what their needs are. But I'm not sure that answers the, uh, the viewer's question. I think one of the other um, avenues to that question may be around the fact that you can browse the web through NoteShare, because I know we do have some schools sure. who ask these this style of question, they usually come to me, they don't go to Scott. So I'm kind of used to hearing that one. Um, and I think the, the basic question about does it respect it, I think the basic answer is yes, in the sense that uh, if you set a proxy server setting in your system preferences so that uh, the web surfing goes through your proxy server in order to try and, you know, take best advantage of your you know, thin little T1 line that's trying to serve too many kids, um, Safari will go to that proxy server, whereas, for example, Firefox does not respect that setting it uses its own local configurations for where is the proxy server, if at all. Uh, whereas NoShare does go back and, and will use that proxy server setting if you've set it. Yeah, and uh, that's a good point because also Maine's requirements were that, um, if correct me, Jeff, that you also made sure certain ports were already disabled. And we don't enable any ports at all. That's entirely based on what the system sets, both for the firewall and for the individual preferences. Okay, great. Uh, another question from Paul in Minneapolis. He'd like to know if the approximate size of the student's notebook, or what is the approximate size of the student's notebook by the end of the year or the semester, and if that affects the speed of access for the students. Well, I'll, I'll answer the following way. Um, the architecture of the notebook document or file is really a collection of individual pages. So you may have a notebook that could approach uh, hundreds of megabytes, uh, and we've seen them. The, the real uh, point here for best practices is that the page itself is going to be a function size, will be a function of the attachments. So for example, if you have a large movie or sound file, it's going to be like any other application. Um, that may particular file or movie uh, be extremely large, so downloading it 
um, could take some time. And there, again, you're at the mercy of your network. So how do we help you manage that particular issue with bandwidth and on-demand streaming? So what we do is we allow you to configure or set essentially threshold numbers for what should be automatically downloaded into a notebook um, versus what should be stubbed. And what happens in the case of a stub, if the file is larger than the threshold, then what the user sees essentially is a stub or a representation of the file. They can inspect it to see, oh, this is a very large file. Do I want to download it right now? And that's when we give you the ability to decide if they want to download that file for local viewing. Jeff, Doug, you guys want to add anything? Well, yeah, just in, in terms of our experience, you know, this was an interesting phenomenon with the, the notebook is so easy to manipulate that teachers were dragging in their uh, complete iMovie projects uh, to the tune of two and three gigabytes. And then uh, because they could see it play back on their screen, they thought, well, isn't this a wonderful thing? And they would have their students uh, jump onto that notebook uh, that was being shared and slowly over the course of, uh, you know, three or four decades, the the movie would start to play on the other machines. The, the nice part about what we've seen, especially when it comes to the establishment of learning portfolios or e-portfolios, is that students and teachers together are starting to recognize that it's not uh, so important that I have the, the full-fledged cinema quality, but it really is important that I'm able to see and show uh, what the iterations have been, what the feedback process have been, and then a bit about what the final product looks like. And with any of those tools, whether it's iMovie or GarageBand uh, or whatever, we're creating large-scale media files in, typically they can be slimmed down. So in a lot of these shared portfolios um, or even local portfolios that students are working on, we're starting to see you know, the smaller uh, CD-based or email-based movie just because it shows enough of the final product while the student keeps on their own laptop the, the actual full-fledged version. Likewise, we're also seeing a greater and greater use of, of PDF and the fact that so many of the applications that they have on their machines can print a PDF uh, without any difficulty whatsoever and it retains the full-fledged quality. Um, these, are, these are a bit more lightweight and uh, a little more transferable. The other thing I think, and I'm not sure if this was part of the nature of the question, but um, when you launch the application, it doesn't necessarily create a singular notebook, and it only interacts with that one notebook. So like most typical software programs, you go to the file menu and say new, you get a new document. And so a notebook is in itself essentially a document, and like Pages and a lot of the other kind of Apple applications, it isn't an embedded singular data file, but really you know, a container that if you right-click and say show package contents, you can dig in there and find a folder. There's attachments, and you'll find all those documents you've dragged in. So. The nice thing is if you pull in a JPEG that's, you know, 500K taken on your, you know, 3-megapixel camera, the picture just stays as that same file, whereas if you drag in a picture into your, at least in the older, you know, 2004, I haven't played with the new version yet of, of PowerPoint, it would re-encode that JPEG into who knows what, and, and your PowerPoint file oftentimes would start to bloat very quickly beyond the actual data you first gave it. Um, and so you can create lots of separate notebooks, so it's not like you have to keep uh, your entire schoolwork in just one. Uh, and I think a lot of kids do that. They'll, you know, just like you do in a traditional paper version, they've got one notebook that's for English class and another one that's for math class. Uh, kids will do that, you know, naturally for whatever works for them. You know, some kids like to keep it in one. Some kids like to have lots of separate ones. Um, and they do it what, what, whatever works. 
Okay. We've got another question here from James in Oxford. Uh, he mentioned that it's important in higher education to be able to work with citation managers and would like to know if NoteShare would work alongside of things like EndNote and Senti. Well, I'll answer it right. Currently, there's no direct um, uh, input-output for the citation, although obviously uh, book writers, n number of authors, uh, both in academic and in commercial publishing, will in fact gather all their citations so they can be done as a template. There's a feature within the product that allows you to build a template. Now, what you can also use is the annotation feature within NoteShare to drag in. Um, so in this case, instead of a direct import of your EndNote file or your citation file, you would essentially uh, drag in or clip and drag in your citation, then use Highlight and Summarize or the Index section to gather those up. When you do output, which was mentioned previously about uh, Word, we do support a number of export uh, formats. So again, for the academic uh, user where they have to make sure they you know, follow protocol for peer review and pre-publishing, in most cases the workflow we see is that the author will work and organize within NoteShare and as Doug and Jeff mentioned, then they'll move the information back to their layout or to their Word program or to their academic publishing program. And this is Doug. You know, this is something that we've certainly seen more of in the state of Maine as we've gotten going with with NoteShare. That people are asking for that citation option uh, to the point where we've actually played around with some scripting that would not only um, allow the user to input information about the specific uh, set of details, but it may also create uh, that access or link to the template that Scott was describing. That then at a later moment when the person was ready to publish, they could uh, use Highlight and Summarize and all those citations would be pulled and put on a separate summary page as well as the, uh, the initial summary information that I think we saw in the movie. Yeah, unless we have any other questions out there today, um, that's about it for us this afternoon. Scott, do you have anything else that you'd like to wrap up with? No, I just want to, uh, want to thank everybody for joining us today and also uh, Again, I'll, I'll let the last word to uh, Doug and Jeff because they've been the trailblazers of uh, really, as I said, this deployment in Maine has really been fantastic. I think for those of you that are in the area or the region, just to see the, uh, the, the progress that's been made and how a one-to-one -one program can, can really elevate itself at the next level, I think the transformation's dramatic. And, uh, we're honored that NoteShare has been a part of that transformation. Okay, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. This is uh, the end of the podcast. Thanks very much.